You can ask Dylan all the questions because I don't have a voice. Okay. Hey, what questions? What's, what's, what's interviewing us because we're we're famous. Oh God, I didn't prepare. How am I supposed to lie? <laughs> I didn't really prepare either. So I didn't cool. dance this entire event. I was like, I don't have any questions, so you guys just. I tried to um, listen to some of your more recent podcasts to kind of like get up to date. Oh, because uh, I've been like ridiculously busy with school. I don't staying home. You'd think like there would be more time, but somehow there's less time. I don't, I'm not that's, sure how that works. But there's a there's a great. Um, he's a former Navy SEAL, great author and a business owner, Jocko Willinks, and he talks about how discipline equals freedom, and it's because. Once you remove discipline, aka waking up, going to work, whatever it is, waking up, going to class, like once you remove that stuff, you actually lose time because all your other stuff will expand to fill that time and suddenly you have no time. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so my my first question, I guess, is um, being part of like a comic company in general, how easy or difficult is that? to be um, more con like uh, oh crap words are failing me to be more um, earth friendly well we have a whole digital platform so that's that kind of helps <laughs> right, yeah. um, we are trying to print comics so that won't help but uh, yeah the whole like digital side of things that kind of helps that I guess. I found it difficult. Um, like I've done a Comic-Con and I've made a lot of prints for just random tables and stuff for my artwork. And I find it difficult to find recycled paper even to <laughs> print on. And oh. I'm curious if, if that's even an option when it comes to manufacturing large scale for like pamphlets and well, comic books. You, you can. De there's definitely companies that do that. There's like whole organizations. I know there's a, there's a company that's in um, uh, upstate New York who literally makes like even packing peanuts and stuff like that out of mycelium, the uh, the roots of fungus. But they what they do is they take shrap shrapnel like wood and random stuff. They throw it in there and then they grow mushrooms around it and they take this mycelium shape and they can make prefabricated shapes to like box TVs and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, there's companies that do it. You just gotta find them. And that's really cool. I'm in. I'm out of upstate New York. Yeah. Oh, cool. Where Where in upstate New York? I'm in Schenectady. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. The company's in uh, what is it? Green Island, I think. I, they might have moved, but that's where they were before. Um, they there are a couple of RPI students who started it, um, and um, they ended. Up, I don't know if they moved or not. I know they like got pretty big at one point because I found out about them like right when they started and then when I when I finally they finally opened up for like hire I was like oh nice I could maybe I'll be able to work there and maybe no one knows about them yet and then like everyone applied for them because it was like such a cool concept like this green totally green company who figured out how to you know because styrofoam is one of the biggest non-recyclable things that like it right. takes like a thousand years for the styrofoam to break down or something stupid so yeah. it's like uh you know that that's something very cool to um explore but yeah they definitely have companies that do green you know paper like where it's all recycled i know um 
when I was working or when I went to uh, RPI, there was a, there was a green club that I was in, and they, we had we had paper there that was like you could see like the little recycling like through the paper. It was kind of cool. <laughs> That's neat. I've always done all my school online, so <laughs> <laughs> the community it's it's difficult to like you're a part of a community, but it's not really the same. Yeah. So like. There's a whole bunch of links that you can get on, but by the time you're done with, you know, like the ridiculous amount of reading and writing that you're doing, you don't want to, you don't want anything to do with it. Like even this, like right now we're lost in space. This is cool. This is an interesting platform. I'm, I'm new to the whole digital era. Yeah, this is, um, I'm probably definitely going to use this more than I was using Zoom. This is more money, but like I might use this just can stream to other places like uh, Twitch, and it seems easy. Like Mike Zoom, you can't James do like all the stuff that you can do on here. What? Mike James Bengston. Yes. Bengston. Did I say that? Bang. Either way, he Bengston. said, what do you do, Meg? <laughs> well, I am a mom. I am a freelance artist. I do random custom work. I'm a student at Unity College. I'm working on my master's degree in, in environmental sustainability and policy. And a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> I started writing a comic a few years ago. Um, but kind of I was listening to your podcast the other day about um, origin stories and how with Ed yeah, you don't yeah. want to start with that. Well, that's what I started with. Well, you can, because so, I did, but um, yeah. now I'm not for a lot of them. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I kind of want to. I want to go somewhere else with it. Anyways, I, I think I need more, like, uh, context for like this era, to like pull in. I don't know more pop origin. culture references. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? More, more pop culture references. Perhaps, yeah, just to get more attention for, from this era. But I'm also a Lyft driver. So oh. because I have, I don't really have like a regular schedule. Driving for Lyft is like, it works. It, it's on my schedule. It pays well. Um, and I get to meet a lot of people. I get to socialize still. <laughs> Cool. You spray them when they get in the car. Like, <laughs> I haven't done it in a little while, just because it's been crazy. With like, I don't want people in my car right now. I put up like plastic bags and like wall off just your seat. And, like, I've been considering making a partition out of plastic. I don't like I plastic, totally do but that. when it comes to this, to COVID, plastic has been a lifesaver. Yeah, I'm surprised New York hasn't uh, like made it like lift not available or whatever like I yeah know. i still see uber and stuff around when i'm going to work and i'm like huh didn't think that was still a thing right now yeah, people well, need some people got rid of their cars when that stuff came out that's why it's crazy like when they when they shut stuff down they don't think about the fact people adjusted their lives to what businesses do and if you just shut things down they're like ah. yeah i mean oh, i didn't <laughs> i didn't want to drive i wasn't going to put people in my car um I drove like the week before lockdown and then I was like, this is a little sketchy. 
Because I was going, I was going from like Albany to Troy, like back and forth for hours, and um, they're usually drunk yep. people that aren't necessarily going to follow the rules. So I think I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would be able to do that. I don't want to deal with somebody like throwing up in my car. You know, I've been very lucky in that department. Yeah. And I can't even do it right now because I have a two-door car, but. <laughs> I was actually thinking about it like a year ago because Dylan's like, try to make money. Like anytime I went over his apartment, he's like, just try to make money. It's like, there's one whole thing I would be able to do if I had two more doors on my car. My sister has a two door and she takes care of animals. She's a groomer, a pet groomer, and it gets crazy in there. <laughs> I don't know how she does that, but it's like a Batmobile in a way. It's like, it's nice and sporty. I have a Nissan. It's roomy. I have a Honda Civic, but well, I'm gonna get another Honda Civic when this is paid off. But it's gonna have four doors and blue. I like, I like the four doors. I I can. I have a Nissan Sentra, and it's over the years they've made new models, but they're essentially the same, and they're all great for. Um, like I like to go camping, and I can pack everything in there for me, my kid, my kid's friend. And the kids fit too, kind of. Sponsored but. by <laughs> Nissan. They're roomy. They're not brought expensive. Brought to you by Carl's Junior. <laughs> I really, I want to go electric though. I think that's that's where I'm heading. Why do you want electric? Um, they don't seem very safe per se. Like they feel very light driving them. Like it feels like you're in a plastic toy. Almost. Wait, what does? At least all the ones that I've tried. Um, the electric cars? Yeah. Wait, like, then why do you want one? Because they're better for the environment. They it, de it depends where you're getting them from. So, like, if your state manufactures <laughs> it and they're not a green state, then you're essentially contributing. You're well, do you, do you, it's actually funny. Uh, if you buy any any already made car, like, it, it actually is it's better for the environment than buying, buying a green car. <laughs> I, I, I went to school for chemical engineering and I was going to go into solar panels and like building those out. And then I learned more and more about green energy. And I found out that for the most part, it just makes people feel better. But like people don't realize what do you have to burn to actually get the electricity that goes into your car? And it's, it's coal and methane. Yeah. In fact, it takes, it takes more than it does for the gasoline that goes in your car and the greener and the fact that Gas-powered cars now are actually so so much more green than the stuff that they need to fill the electric cars. Because when you have an electric car, they have to transport the electricity. So they have to, they have to produce the electricity, which is typically steam-powered, which is used with coal. And then they have to transport the electricity, which the rare minerals that you need to like make all the batteries and the copper lining and all the stuff you have to mine. All that mining puts more pollutants into the air than like, you know, producing ten or you you using ten old cars than it does like producing that single gas or electric car. It's like crazy. The batteries are one of the biggest issues for sure. Yeah, just just the mining of the batteries, like not even like just not even the making of them, which is also chemically pollutant. Like the mining for the stuff they need for the batteries puts more pollutants into the air than like. <laughs> A dozen gas-powered cars. It's better off riding a bike. 
Yes, exactly. Or like, you know, getting a magnet board from Back to the Future and just hovering, <laughs> hovering on an icy highway. Teleporting. I mean, teleporting. Yeah, who needs like to be whole, you know, just particles <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> I don't know if I if I were to teleport and lose my hands, I think I would. I wouldn't want to live anymore. See, I, I think the only problem with teleporting is memories. I feel like you're going to lose memories because that's like the one thing that's like uh, Deadpool and uh, Wolverine. They're like invincible, but in all reality, all you have to do is destroy their brain one time, and all their memories and motor functions would be gone, even if it reforms itself. Because those aren't physical apparitions; they're chemical and electrical, you know, creations. Like, just destroy their brain once, and then they're going to be like a baby. Maybe that's why I have such bad memory problems. Did you teleport? I've been teleporting too much. <laughs> See, teleporting is not good for your health. Not <laughs> <laughs> so they can. That's going to be a bumper sticker. It's like drive a, gas, drive a gas car. It's better for your health than teleporting. Oh god. So you guys um, were coming out with a game. Yeah. What was what was the basis of the game? So the game's coming out, but it's now next year, and right. uh, it's the background stories of our comics. So, like, you technically don't need to read our comics, but you should read our comics um, because they're awesome. But um, it's like the background stories that are just normal people in the beginning. So it's just a cop, a firefighter, and there's another one, but I don't want to give it away. <laughs> okay. And uh, there's only nine missions, but that's kind of a lot for an indie game. And then there's something after those nine missions, but I don't want to give that away. And uh, But the basis of it was just the fact that we wanted to build a 3D <laughs> world of yeah. the universe. And so... We have one city so far, and that's been mostly 3D mapped uh, for, like, the buildings. And then we're actually building the insides of those of certain buildings so that we have, um, like, key locations. And the purpose of that was actually just to build continuity in our stories. So we wanted, like, this street has these four businesses in that order. And when you take a right down this other street, there's these other businesses. And so we could take that, take a screenshot of it, and send it to our artist so that it always looks the same. Like there's a mailbox in front of this one, make sure you, that's always there, right? So when that car goes up on the curb the one time, it hits a mailbox and not a street sign. So it was continuity initially. And then we realized like, as it's getting built out, that it was being built in a game generator. And we're like, why don't we just turn it into a game? And then we were like, oh, maybe instead of following our storyline, it's like all the stuff happening in the background. like in our storyline, a building blows up. So the firefighters gotta come stop that and help out. So like, you could actually be the people that are happening, that are like witnessing what's happening to the city, but you also have your own problems. So there's a whole series of comics we were gonna have about a serial killer. And now we're just gonna put him into the game. So you're trying to track this serial killer and he might cause problems that you can see in the comic book world and in our comics, that might cause problems in the game world, but you don't necessarily need one or the other. It's more like a fully immersible universe now because it's got this whole other world, and then there's this other crazy stuff happening. But there, it's the same. It's the same actual universe. It's complex. Yep. 
<laughs> that's like above and beyond a lot of my comprehension. But that's cool. That's awesome that you guys are doing it. I love that you guys incorporate a lot of indie art. Yeah. I think it's difficult to to be an artist and like be successful with it. A lot of people I think get discouraged if they're not like somehow making some kind of money with it and honestly you're not going to be happy with art if you're if that's what you're really looking for it takes a while to get to the point where you know you have some sort of recognition or whatever and i don't know i would say to... especially as a, as a writer too if you're like the artist itself you might be able to make money just selling art but if you're trying to turn it into like a, a comic book something very specific like that's a lot harder to sell. Now you have to sell a story, not just art. And like, think about how difficult it is to, you know, like a caricature artist at like a fair can make money all day long. But if you want to become a novelist, someone who sells books, right? Like that's a different story. Now you can go the Amazon publishing route and make, you know, you know, nickels and dimes. You can find like a big time publisher and potentially make real money or no money. Right. So it's like, you know, that's kind of the, there's this, middle ground with comics where you're like you're making art not just a book and so you you, you have to sell your pitch you know the book and the and the artistry in the same like realm it's it's it's, a, it's an interesting place so yeah it's definitely one place that most most people in that industry have not figured out how to make money other than the marvels and dcs but they built that you know that was built over you know decades of time selling comic books when there was no video games, you know, giant cinemas, you know, things that could distract you outside of that, like Netflix. Are you guys selling physical copies of your comics anywhere? Uh, yeah, so we, we will be. <laughs> so yeah. basically um, there's a couple different things. Uh, you'd mentioned before too about like the green stuff. Our comics at the moment, we can drop ship and print them. So it's one-off prints as opposed to printing in bulk. And that way we only print as much as people are buying. But ultimately we would like to get in stores as well. So we can basically get in front of an audience. We wouldn't otherwise uh, get in front of without like paying massive amounts in ads or, you know, physically going and bothering people, which, you know, I like to do from time to time, but not all day long. So by putting ourselves in comic stores, that's something we have, you know, that's like the ideal situation so that we can reach the people that are in that, you know, world. But it's also competing with you know the Marvels and DCs while in that comic book store. Like the only the only time I've gone to a comic book store, like with intent other than just to look around and leave, was to buy um, what was it the Bat Batman's Dark Knight three for my dad since you know he's a huge Batman fan and he has the uh, the first and second Dark Knights. Well, that's cool. I um. We have one comic book store in Schenectady. Schenectady's kind of a large county. Yeah. But we only have one and it's like tucked away. Most people don't even realize it existed. My I think, uncle until... lives like above it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, it's not really like lit up or anything. And until they started doing Comic-Cons out of the library in Schenectady, I don't think... And, that they even realized it was there. I didn't know people. it was there until my uncle mentioned it. 
Yeah, I think I think we drove past it because we went to uh, like four that are in the area. Like there's the one in Albany on uh, Central um, Zombie Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's like the only one I remember by name. But then there's Earth like World. Earth World. That that was like a one story place, right, with a parking lot. Or am I thinking? Well, there's no there's no parking lot. That's no, a different one then. Um, it's on Central Lab. Yeah. yeah, it's on Central Lab, but like you have to parallel park or something to get over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even know. I don't, I don't know. If I, I don't like that. Albany, so. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Yeah, but but there's like two or three other like small ones in the area. There's there's some there's one that uh, I think we went to. Yeah, I think you were with me, Greg, when we went there. It's like a small one story place. They're big with like Dungeons and Dragons and gaming. They were one of the few places they were. They were like, oh, yeah, like if you've got printed comics, we could toss them in here. Like, like they, they were just like, yeah, if you've got them, we'll toss them in and sell them. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's strange to think how things might not go back to the way they were. Like yeah. selling things in a physical shop might. Well, I think eventually it will, but like there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff that has to happen first because right now everyone basically – even the World Health Organization's like, you shouldn't lock down. That's actually worse because the the consequences of locking down are worse than the consequences of a of this uh, disease or whatever you know virus. And so like, there's that. So now anyone who's forcing lockdowns, all they're actually doing is growing the box stores like Amazon, Walmart, you know, like the big, right. the big giant ones. So what's going to happen is yeah, a bunch of small businesses are going to be forced to be closed. But eventually, people are going to go so stir crazy that strip malls will open back up again. I, I, I kind of like before the pandemic stuff even happened. I was kind of predicting that what was going to happen is people would slowly shift to online purchases until they kind of went insane from never seeing people, and they'd be like, "I want to go out and do stuff again." And those stores would come back, and I think it'll just kind of bounce back and forth like that until we get like super in-depth virtual reality where you pop a contact in, sit in a chair and you know lose yourself in this world where like it actually feels like you're interacting with people. But until we get to that, like pe- people need people. Like it's, there's like the, the rules of three, like three minutes without oxygen, three minutes without water or three days without water, three weeks without food and three months without people. Like if you, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't see people, you know, you're, you, you know, that, that's why, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, solitary confinement's illegal in like you know twenty different states because it literally causes physical mental deterioration. It's like it's not good. an unusual punishment. It will cause you to be more violent in the end because yeah, you don't it literally know how to causes um, mental like your brain matter to deteriorate and you you lose like permanent damage. Like it's stuff that it, it's yeah it's it's bad. Yeah. But Greg, get out of your house. <laughs> My uh, yeah, I go to work. You see you slipping. <laughs> my thirteen year old is is not doing too good. Like she's having a hard time even learning because it's yeah, well, just all virtual. What is it? The um the National Society of Pediatrics or the National Association of Pediatrics, whatever it is, like the the the, the national association that handles child health is like you need to put kids back in school. Like aside from the fact that most of them don't carry the disease, none of them die from it because it's like of all of the kids that have died, it's like it's like ten. It's like a, it's like it actually it might be three digits now, but it's like super super small. And most of the kids that would die from something like this would die from the flu. They would die from normal things. Like it's it, it, like people like forget people die. Like it happens. Like in fact, uh, what was it? Uh, John John Hopkins 
just got like ripped apart because they released a uh, a study that showed that with COVID, like if you include the COVID deaths this year, like the the death rate that we normally have hasn't changed. It hasn't had. There's not. There's not some like drastically huge spike in deaths this year if you count all deaths. Like it's crazy. People are losing their minds. They need to calm down. Well, it's a lot of the rules really should be pretty much the same same than they were. People just weren't really following sanitation rules as they should have been. And they yeah, know, I think they just know kids won't. No, and but that's problem, the thing. Like, even like, for example, uh, anyone who's not over the age of 70, you're more likely to die from the flu if you had a vaccine for the flu. Like that's how unlikely you are to die from this. So like to not send kids to school is actually mentally bad for them. Like if you're, if you're, I think it's under the age of eight or something like that. Like you, you, you'll, you can get like permanent, um, society, like, um, what's it? Social interaction like that. You like, you, you can get like, uh, basically created autism, like where you won't be able to like, re, uh, interact with people. And if, you know, up to the ages of, I think 25, your prefrontal cortex is still developing. So like, if you're not around people, like you won't, you won't learn how to read body language. You won't read, learn how to read facial expressions. You won't learn how well, to like, learn through social interaction more so as a child than as an adult. So there's going to be an education deficit and we're going to see it manifest later on. But I mean, they could totally make it happen. 30 kids per classroom has always been kind of an issue, especially when, you know, you can't get the kids to settle down anyways, but I don't know. It's it's going to be they, they could like divide the class and just maybe teach less per week. Have half the kids come in, separate them. Like, um, uh, yeah. Before the pandemic, I think it's Finland. I think it's Finland that um, but yeah, they have like for anyone that's under. What, what's that? What's that? What's grammar school and like or elementary school and like 10? Fifth. Fifth, fifth, no, like a 10, 12? Yeah, like oh, age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, like, yeah, for like for that, like in Finland, like half the day was recess because, like, there's actually, uh, oh, where is it? I have like a whole book that talks about how physical exercise specifically releases, I have no idea where it went, but it specifically releases, um, oh, there it is, BDNF, which is um, essentially fertilizer for your brain. Um, but yeah, there it is. And yeah. it shows that in, in the United States, I think in Pennsylvania, there's a school that now many other schools are uh, copying where they specifically put gym class right before your hardest class, because when you exercise and are physically active, your brain releases BDNF, which is, uh, something, something neurotropic factor. I forgot what the other ones stand for, but, um, basically well, brain derived neuro something factor neurotropic i think it's something like that but basically it helps grow the number and size of your synapses in your brain increasing memory retention like retention of memory and cognitive ability and so what you can read and absorb uh information better all that fun stuff so in finland like the kids have recess for a huge like chunk of the day like they take breaks all the time and like their retention rates are through the roof because it's not just exercise too. If that's a socialization factor and play, we're more likely to retain information if we're in play mode, if we're enjoying ourselves. 
than if we're being force fed some sort of information sitting down. Well, not only that too, when you, when you're like really young too, like kids that like, you know, even like when they beat each other up, like they actually, they, they, they need that because they need to learn when, like, when is too much, like when is like, like, Oh, I shouldn't do that. That really does hurt. Right. But you don't, like people don't realize like children don't know that. Like that's why a kid will like poke you right in the eye. Like they don't know, oh, that's bad. Right. They're, just, they're super curious. That's why kids chase balls into traffic and you gotta be like, no, don't do that. Cars don't, don't stop that way. Like, Neighbor Casper. Figuring out boundaries. <laughs> but, but like, like seriously though, that's why like people need to understand like kids are, kids, they're not dumb. They're just so blank. Like their, their slate is so blank. They need all that social interaction to create the world in their head so they understand how they, they fit in it. And so like, yeah, even even when like people are like, you know, they're playing in like roughhousing, right? Like roughhousing is important so they know, oh, that's too much. This isn't bad. You know, this is playful. This is painful. <laughs> so like just like being able to like learn all that stuff is like way more important than, you know, all the other stuff that like a school might teach you. It's the, it's the social interactions. 